Get yourself comfy, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Just kidding, kidding. Um, don't judge me for my sad life, but um, I was watching Britain's Got Talent um, not so long ago, and um, we kind of sat down as a family to watch it, and this magician came on. Now, when magicians come on, I tend to switch off. I'm just not... They, they just don't impress me. You know, what they do is impressive. You know, you saw someone in half. That's pretty impressive, right? But I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I knew you didn't do it. You know, it, it just doesn't... There's something about magicians that just don't impress me. So this guy came on, and I switched off a bit. But then he did this act, and he went down to the four judges, and, and he got them all involved in it. And he did this really incredible trick, this magic trick. And, um, and he tied it in with a story, a personal story, which made it really powerful. Um, but, you know, unlike normally, I, I was like, wow, that was really incredible, what he just did. And, um, and I kind of went over it and over it, thinking, how did he do that? How did he do that? It's incredible. But we're going to come back to that in a minute. Um, I don't know about you, what, what's, what's this passage that we've just heard? What's it about? Like, just for five seconds in your head, what, you've just heard that, it's probably a familiar passage, but what's it about? Um, when I got the email through saying that I'd be preaching tonight and, and what the passage was, I read it and, um, and my heart sank, if I'm honest. Um, because what I read was a story of a guy who came to Jesus and said, my son's ill, please heal him. And Jesus said, it's all right. He's going to be fine, off your trot. And he goes, thanks. And he goes, and his son's healed. And, um, and I thought, I don't know if I can stand here and say, well, there's, there's a model for you then. You know, just, just ask God for stuff, and then off your trot, and everything will be fine. Um, because I, I, I just don't think that's, a, that's not something I'm comfortable uh, teaching, really. And um, I think there's, there's elements of that that are okay that we'll look at later, but... That's not what I want to kind of draw from tonight. If you were here last Sunday night, you'll have heard Mark talking about the fact that Jesus had been in Cana um, and had turned the water into wine, and that was his first recorded miracle. Um, and so that was chapter 2 of John. And since then, Jesus has been to Capernaum, Jerusalem, the Judean countryside, and now he's just come back from Sychar in Samaria. And we have this bit of a strange verse chucked in there in brackets where it says, um, Jesus had previously said, a prophet is without honour in his own town. And, uh, and in, it appears in all the Gospels. In the other three Gospels, it happens when Jesus is in his own, his own town and he's, he's trying to do stuff and, and people aren't really receiving him. And so he leaves. And as he's leaving, he says, a prophet was, is without honour in his own town. But here we've got him coming into Cana. It seems quite random. Um, but interestingly, if you look at the map um, and where he'd been since being in Cana, and he went down to Sychar, if that's how you even say it. But, um, and then he's going up to Cana, and he goes past Nazareth. So people are probably thinking, hang on a minute, you're kind of en route, go past home, why don't you just pop in and say hello? They might be wondering that. And John might have put that in to say, you know, he's not gone there for that reason, because a prophet's out on a, in his own town. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, there are no accounts in the Bible of someone asking Jesus for healing and him saying no, and him not doing it. You could argue that um, in Mark 13, and uh, sorry, Matthew 13 and Mark 6, you know, it says when he's uh, gone back to his hometown, uh, you know, he, he couldn't perform too many miracles. You could say that there are those instances. But in terms of people saying to him, heal me for this, 
and Jesus not doing it, it doesn't happen. In fact, in Matthew uh, 4.23, it says Jesus healed all diseases and illnesses throughout Galilee. So there's no mention of Jesus encountering someone in need of healing and not healing them. We hear about a woman who's been bleeding for years. There's the blind, the deaf, the mute, the paralyzed, the demon-possessed, the crippled, people with diseases, illnesses, and even the dead. And people came to Jesus for a lot of uh, physical healing, uh, but that wasn't Jesus' primary agenda, to heal people physically. It was important to him, because he did it. He wouldn't have done it if it wasn't important. But it's not the main thing. Um, it seems that Jesus healed everyone that he came into contact with. That's what we read in the Bible. And, um, and I don't know why that is. Um, in some ways, I think, if there'd been one or two instances thrown in where he didn't, I kind of think that would be a bit easier for when we don't get that healing today. Um, and it's difficult for us compared to the people then. They could go to the physical Jesus and ask him for healing. And they could hear his audible voice. And we don't necessarily hear his audible voice. Some people do. But it's much harder for us to encounter Jesus like that as it was for the, for the people um, back then. And I guess sometimes I, I pray for healing, whether it's for myself or other people. But if I'm honest, although I know that Jesus can heal, my prayers are hopeful prayers rather than prayers of real faith that I believe he's going to do it. You know, I'm not hearing an audible voice like this guy was tonight saying, go, your son will be, will be healed. And so a lot of my prayers are kind of quite hopeful rather than real faith prayers. I can sense some of you might be a bit twitchy about that, but that's, that's okay. We're all different. Um, I live a very blessed and privileged life. Um, but even right now, I'm facing some challenging and difficult times. And my hope and my prayer is that God will intervene and he'll come and sort it out. Um, but he hasn't told me he'll do that. And my guess is he probably won't in the way that I'd like him to. Uh, but that I'll learn a few things along the way. That's my guess. Uh, anyway, this guy, this royal official, um, he's travelled uh, 20 miles to see Jesus. So it's quite a distance. Um, and he's a royal official begging a local carpenter to heal his son. And I don't think this guy really knows who Jesus is. Um, in Matthew 17, there's a man who comes to Jesus asking for healing for his son. And when he comes to him, he addresses Jesus as Lord. And this guy calls him Sir. I think he's, um, I think he's taking a punt. I think he's heard about this guy who's done a few uh, miracles or healings or whatever, and he's taken a punt. And he calls him sir rather than acknowledge him as lord. And um, I think there's a challenge there for us. I'm not going to talk about evangelism tonight, um, but I think there is a challenge there for us, because he will have gone to Jesus and taken this punt, if I'm right on that, because uh, he'll have heard other people telling him what Jesus has done. And if we don't do that to the people that we're around, how are they going to take a punt if they're in times of need? Um, so Jesus says this, uh, this seemingly harsh thing um, after the guys asked him to heal his son. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. So this guy's come and said, my son's dying, can you heal him? And he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. 
And it's a strange response. I mean, again, the passage I just talked about in Matthew 17, uh, there's a similar response, because the guy there says, you know, my son's dying, can you heal him? And he says, uh, Jesus says to him, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? It's like, don't ask Jesus for healing. <laughs> He's going to like... Um, but in both passages, people ask Jesus for healing for their sons. They get rebuked, seemingly, and the other people, and then he heals them anyway. He does heal them. And I think Jesus is challenging the, both the men and the crowds um, about not just, uh, not just seeking sort of physical healing, that there's a bigger thing, not seeing Jesus as this, this kind of magician, physician, miracle worker, but seeing him as the Lord and Messiah. And I guess here's the bit that, you know, I, d- I didn't want to focus too much on, but need to mention. This guy believed what Jesus said. Um, this, Jesus said that his son would be okay. And he took Jesus at his word. I kind of think if I was that guy, and Jesus, I came to Jesus saying, come and heal my son, I'd probably want him to come with me and do something, lay his hands on him or something. But this guy, he says, okay, go, your, your son's healed. I, I think you're just palming me off. You don't even know where he is. You don't know his name. You don't know what's wrong with him. You're just trying to get rid of me. But it says here that the guy took Jesus at his word. And um, I kind of think it would have made more sense for Jesus to go with him. Imagine the conversations, 20 miles of talking with Jesus, you know, and then go and meet his family. That would have been great, wouldn't it? Anyway, he knows best. Um, so let's go back to what Jesus said. Because he said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And the guy did believe. Jesus said, go and your son will, will live. And he believed him without actually seeing his son, his son getting better. He went, he took Jesus at his word, he believed. But what exactly did he believe? He believed that his son would get better. Um, but maybe that's it. It doesn't say that he, he believed that Jesus was, was who he said he was. He believed his son would get better. But we hear later on that his household, him and his household, all came to believe. And again, believe what? I guess this time it's not referring to believe the son will get better, because he is better by then. They can see he's better. So presumably it's now referring to them coming to believe in who Jesus really is. Um, he initially had faith in a, in a miracle worker uh, and, and, or a magician, and now he's got faith in the Son of God. That's what it's alluding to. Um, Jesus asked Peter a question. Jesus said to, to Peter, um, who do you say I am? And I think it's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Um, is your faith strong? Uh, even when things don't go to plan? Or when things don't go to plan, does it get a bit, a bit shaky? It's understandable if it does. You know, we all have time when our faith gets shaken. And it's usually when we face difficulties. But is our relationship with God based on whether or not he heals us? Or a loved one? Or whether we get that job? Or whether he intervenes in this situation or not? Or is our relationship with God based on uh, his goodness and his faithfulness? Because Jesus is saying here that people won't believe unless they see miracles. Um, if things are okay for us at the moment, we can probably say, no, no, my, my faith's good. Across the board, my faith is good. It's not based on that stuff. But what if tomorrow a loved one gets ill or you lose your job or you don't get another job or something goes wrong? What's going to happen to our faith? The parable of the four soils. 
talks about the seed that fell on the shallow soil being okay until trouble came and then it withered and died. So when we pray for things to happen and they don't, how do we feel towards God? Are we wanting the interventions and the miracles? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But is our relationship with God dependent on that? God is God all the time. You know, there's a great um, song with Matt Redman that says, let me be singing when the evening comes. Let me be singing when the evening comes, regardless of what's gone on for me. Let me be singing your praises at the end of the day. There's, um, there's a mystery to God, isn't there? Um, for whatever reason, God doesn't always heal. And we don't know why, but it doesn't make him mean or unfair or bad. You know, he's God, he's good, uh, and there's, there's a, a kind of unknowability about him. I think having that mystery can be a good thing. I've learned that recently. Uh, and it came the day after I watched Britain's Got Talent. Because I was intrigued by this magician. I, th- I really loved his acts. And it left me thinking, wow, how do you do that? And, um, and it got the better of me, because the next morning I looked on YouTube. I went and typed in, I typed in his name and said, how do you do it? And there was a video there saying this is how he did the trick. And I watched it, and I thought, oh, that's clever. Yeah, I can see how he did that now. And, and it was interesting, but by the end of it, I didn't have any wow about that trick, because I knew exactly how it was done. It wasn't special anymore. I knew how he did it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's quite clever. So my, my whole sort of um, mindset had shift. And there's something good about the mystery, and it keeps us in awe. Um, so what's my point tonight? <laughs> I'm not sure myself really, but um, it seems strange in a passage that talks about healing, someone getting healed. Uh, but what I want to pick up on is something that's quite obvious to us all, but it's that Jesus doesn't always heal. Um, we know that. We've all, we've all prayed for ourselves and for other people at times uh, and haven't had those prayers answered. Maybe several times we've prayed for for things, um, we may be pray- you may be praying for stuff now, and wondering what's going on. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep asking. The bottom line is that this guy's son was healed because he asked Jesus to heal him. If he hadn't asked, Jesus wouldn't have healed him. We had our youth group last week to celebrate the start of the World Cup. We had a table football tournament, and um, and as people came in the door. I shoved a bucket under their nose and that to take out a, a thing and, and I was trying to get everybody to take part in that competition and most people took something out with enthusiasm and, and wanted to know who they were playing and some people were quite reluctant but they took it and said yeah I'll do it uh, one person said no I'm not, I'm not going in it and I said you're not going to win it if you don't go in it she said no I'm not going in it I don't want to do it somebody else took one out and then when it got to his game he said no I, I don't want to do it so he ducked out as well there was one lad who was really up for it, really keen. And then when he saw who he was playing in the first round, said, no, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Because I'm never going to win that game. I'm, I'm not playing. And threw his hat in. And, um, and I said to him, you're not going to win it. If you lose that first round game, fine, you're not going to win it. But you're not going to win it if you don't go in it. You've got to be in it to win it, right? So um, so persuaded him to go in. And... Um, and you know what? He won that first round game. 
He beat the opponent that he thought he's never going to beat. And he won the tournament. He won the whole thing. And, um, and I kind of think, we've got to keep asking. We've got to, we've got to be in it to win it. You know, if, if we're not going to, if we're not going to ask God to heal, then he's probably not going to do it. And we need to keep asking. But it can't just be about asking. You know, God is not a vending machine. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but he's not. And if we're just asking him for stuff, what kind of a relationship with that is that, sorry? You know, where's the telling him about our day or how we're feeling? Where's the praise? Where's the thanksgiving? Where's the saying sorry? Sometimes God intervening in the way that we want him to isn't the best thing. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I know there will be people here that are struggling with that right now. And I've had times when I've prayed for healing in situations and they haven't happened. And, you know, I can't even stand here now and say, oh, I, saw, I see why that didn't happen. I know there's a bit, I can see now that there's a big thing. I can't. I wish God had intervened. I wish people had been healed. But Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, The foolishness of God is wiser than, the, than human wisdom, and the weakness of God stronger than human strength. It's back to that mystery again, isn't it? There's a bigger thing going on than we understand. And, um, and there's a mystery which we can't understand. Um, can I just ask you to close your eyes for a minute? Maybe bow your head or whatever. You don't have to if you don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm not going to mug you. Uh, the truth is that the miracles that God doesn't do are important. The miracles that God doesn't do are important. The times when he doesn't intervene how we want him to are important. As Jesus was on the cross, not only was his body broken, but he was mocked humiliated and rejected and felt separated from the Father. He saved others, but he can't save himself, they shouted. He could have. He willingly went to the cross. He will have had doubts. He would have been tempted to come down. And he could have. He stayed. He stayed for you and he stayed for me. Thank God that he didn't intervene. You know, maybe you want healing today for yourself or for someone else. Maybe you've asked for healing in the past and it hasn't happened. Well, keep praying. Jesus is interested in our physical healing. And I'd, I'd encourage you to keep on asking. But there's more he wants to do in us than just bring physical healing. Life in all its fullness comes through relationship with him. He's not a magician. He's Jesus, the Messiah, the Saviour of the world. Jesus is more than the miracles he performs. In a few moments we're going to sing a song that says, Christ the Lord overcame the darkness. He's alive. Death has been defeated. 
and he reigns ruler of the heavens and his name is Jesus the Messiah. And we need to remind ourselves of this. And although it's not one or the other, what are you looking to Jesus for today? The miracle or the relationship? I'm just going to pray. Lord, thank you that you are good all the time. Even when, when things are wrong, things are going wrong in life, you remain good. And, uh, and we trust that your ways are just, even when we don't understand. And Lord, we want to go deeper with you and have life in all its fullness that a relationship with you can bring us. And Lord, let us be singing when the evening comes, regardless of what goes on. May our eyes be fixed on you. May we have a, a, a well of joy inside us that we can draw on. Lord, you and you alone are worthy of our praise. We praise you, Lord.